truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand on the blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me. Jason Johnson, former chief strategist for the Ted Cruz presidential campaign, is the fourth member of our first hour. We'll get started with the Dace group here. Un momento. Still got to work in your daily Spanish lesson. 888-900-3393 is the phone number here to The Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. You can let us know what you think about what we think as well via the stevedace.com inbox. Email us there, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Well, good luck if they even... Let that happen. Or you can follow us on Twitter for now until I tweet something about illegal aliens again. At Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Although after yesterday's show, it, it could be better that we just don't interact for a while. We will be getting to some of your interactions. Actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Don't, don't get me wrong. There was, there, was, there was plenty of bad. Not that I didn't ask for it, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Which is to say, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a toxic waste dump. I thought it was going to be Chernobyl, and it was just Three Mile Island. So, it's better than Hillary. Hillary. You beat me to it. Yes. Dang it. Step off my line, kid. (laughs) I'm getting old. I've got nothing left here. Give me that at least. All right. We'll get to your feedback coming up uh, a little bit later on. Uh, I I I'm hesitant. I'm failing. I'll just be, I'll just own it. I'm failing at not chuckling at the news that uh, old uh, cocaine Mitch ditches a uh, Twitter feed, got banned by Twitter for posting videos of his uh, his his home uh, being verbally assaulted by leftists. Because there's a large part of me that says karma. Well, as Joe Biden would say, karma is a genderless cat. So I, I can understand. You know, um, those of you that that are like, I don't know that I'm going to leap to his defense, or maybe maybe I'll defend him about as much as he would defend me, right? That's pretty tempting. I got it. And then I run into this whole Christian ethic of love your neighbors, you love yourself kind of thing, and I'm like, crap. All right, fine. But it is the latest example of how these tech giants are coming at us, how they are militarizing their. Uh, their economy of scale to advance leftist values, which is also another reminder that when it's at all possible, and sometimes it's not, but when it's at all possible, we should seek to do business with people who will advance our values as opposed to the pagans. Uh, and that's that's where Patriot Mobile comes in. Uh, it's the only conservative veteran-led mobile phone company. It's, it's a device that almost every one of us has to have to live in 21st century America these days. And, and right now, they've got plans starting as low as $25 a month. And, and when you go over there, you're going to be helping the causes you believe in. In fact, Patriot Mobile has has donated over $2 million just since 2015 out of its own profits for various conservative causes that, that you and I would agree with and believe in. And with uh, plans and, and the incentives they have right now, the it, it's never been a better time to make the switch. In fact, you'll get a free month of service on any plan that you choose when you use the promo code come on over at patriotmobile.com. Again, a free month of service on any plan you choose when you use the promo code come on over at patriotmobile.com. And now it's time for the day's group.
That's right. The music, the format, all of it ripped off from the McLaughlin group. But John's dead now, so I don't think he will mind. Let's get to issue one. Bleep Democrats say. The president never tones down his rhetoric. In fact, uh, for those of you who are funding Donald Trump's re-election campaign, you may want to take note that because you keep writing checks to this president, it's on you. It really is. It's all on you because you are funding this white supremacist campaign. We're at McConnell's house. This think he's about to get some rest. Not if the, kill- the children that you're kidnapping can't get any rest. We have a president of the United States who is particularly responsible. Uh, I, I, in my faith, have this idea that you reap what you sow, and he is sowing seeds of hatred in our country, and this harvest of hate violence that we're seeing right now uh, lies at his feet. Just stab the in the heart. Let alone this whack whataboutism that we need to talk about lefty extremism as well, or we're not being fair. All extremism from any corner that turns to violence as political expression is terrorism. But remember this. It's not a both sides issue. The stats are clear. The Anti-Defamation League says right-wing extremists killed more people last year than in any year since 1995, the Oklahoma City bombers. Over the past decade, three quarters of extremist-related fatalities have been associated with domestic right-wing extremists. you Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. We have to understand the adversary and the threat we're dealing with. And if we don't understand how they think, we'll never understand how to counter them. So it's the little things and language and messaging that matters. The president said that we will fly our flags at half-mast until August 8th. That's 8-8. Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 together stand for Heil Hitler. So we're going to be raising the flag back up uh, at dusk on 8-8. No one's thinking about this. What do you say to those people this morning who said, I made a campaign donation and now I'm going to be harassed? I'm going to have people protesting outside my business or perhaps even my home. What do you say to them? Do you want them to repent for their support for Donald Trump, or what do you want from them? Well, the first thing is that I don't want anybody harassed or targeted. But they will be, because you put their names on, in public. Look, that, that was not my intention. But that's these what things are These things are public. No, what I would like for them to do is think twice about supporting a guy who is fueling hate in this country. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. If we want to defeat capitalism, we are going to need a party that will organize working people to fight for the demands that we want and to win socialism. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. Okay. There's nothing else to say. Nothing. Why do we? Uh, Western civilizations all like we'll show ourselves out. Let's get to the uh, first question here. Uh, JJ, we'll start with you. What was your favorite ride on the crazy train exhibited on the montage this week? Go ahead, sir. 
It really had to be the, as the, as President Trump put it, the lesser of the weak brother uh, coming out with his tweet, uh, outing, if you will, the the San Antonio-based donors for the presidential campaign. You know that was bad enough, but his explanation. Doxing your own voters to own the orange man. You thought that was a Inspector yeah. Clouseau-like move, right? Yes. Not only that, evidently about half of them have contributed to him as well. Mm-hmm. So, and then his explanation, well, I, I, did, I don't really want them harassed, but I want them to think twice about supporting this racist. It was ridiculous. Todd, your favorite. Well, you, you heard me laugh. The, the, the dude, who is he? I don't know who's got the conspiracy theory about uh, the numerology and Heil Hitler. That's amazing. And then at the end when he says, yeah, you know, no one's thinking about exactly no one is thinking about this except you and whatever is going on inside that skull of yours. But but everyone apparently has got some different version of crazy going on. Because, um, I mean, I, I just got to get ahead to the thing. This is my fr- first perfect 10. I mean, Nadia Komen each called and just said, brilliant. All right. And, and just to think, it was the week after their debates. Yeah. Think about that. It was the week. This, this is what transpired after they were all on a stage running as far to the left, including Biden. I mean, Biden, Biden basically said in the last debate, it's okay to close down the state of Pennsylvania because of what the temperature might be in in the year uh, 7043 okay so aaron go ahead uh, sample your own uh, stash there yeah I, th- I there are two that stand out to me the runner up would be the angry guy cursing out who who has the the t-shirt with the words i am jesus christ on it yes. just completely cursing out dropping f bombs and flipping off steven crowder steven's reaction was perfect just perfect um, I think the favorite one is is Joe Biden, though, because in the same montage, we have the guy who is basically doing, as Todd said, the Heil Hitler numerology, which is just bat crap crazy, um, just conspiracy theory, nut job type of stuff. And in a normal world, uh, a, a gaffe like what Joe Biden did, that would be excused, I think, in, in a normal, healthy environment, that would be excused. But we know... It, we're, when we're in the world where a uh, numerology guy gets to go on MSNBC to claim how Trump lowering the flags to half mast is treated, you know, is treated seriously on MSNBC, uh, Joe Biden doesn't get a free pass. So I, I think that's probably going to be my favorite one, where he says, where he says, um, poor kids are, are just as talented as white kids. It's very it, he is he is amassing a Dan Quayle like compilation of worst hits here. I mean, all that's left now is for him to go speak to the United Negro College Fund like Dan Quayle did 30 years ago and say a mind is a terrible thing to waste, but it's even more terrible not to have had a mind. All right. I I mean, it's just this is (laughs) it is uh, uh, it's quite the highlight reel that he's putting together. But guys, come on. It's the clip at the end. Oh, I, I mean, it's but the that's... socialist at the end and the guy stands up in, in the most effeminate voice possible, ch- checking every box, fulfilling every stereotype you could possibly imagine at the socialist conference. Could you could you please stop speaking oh. in gender specific language? And that poor little Asian woman is standing there thinking, I'm not woke enough. And she doesn't know what to say. And she's like silent for like a, for a good William Shatner-esque pregnant pause and finally can only respond with, Okay. Doesn't know what to do. What do you say to that? 
she's like, this is this is even a level of raw, unadulterated <laughs> emotion I've not encountered. Well, and I'm a woke female. Emotion is the air that I breathe. What do I do with this? Well, I love a movement that has a, a genealogical tree that yeah, goes back to Stalingrad with troops retreating and their, their, their leaders at the back, like spraying their own soldiers with machine gun fire to keep them on the line. I love that it is devolved to the point that the guy <laughs> saying, please use transgender language. That. That's outstanding. That's an analogy. Wow. Dennis Miller called and said that. That was he's, solid. He's who I wanted to be when that, I grew up. That was a solid poll. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to ten, ten. With, <laughs> with, with one being as flaccid as Lindsey Graham's T-level and ten being as vigorous as Ilan Omar's raging anti-Semitism, rate this week's level of total depravity. You're at a ten, right? I've been holding it back. You been, how long have we been doing this? Since like February. No, I don't think any of us have given it a 10 yet, no. but I've been holding it back. I wanted it to be real, and this is real and spectacular. Aaron. Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8.5, solid 8.5. So that, that's, that's, that's optimism for Aaron. You got an additional half uh, decimal point. Jason. I'm a solid five. My senses are so dull. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. it. Yes. I, I agree with that too. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, in fact, I like his answer. It, it, it's crazy. It's the craziest montage we've had yet. But all it means to me is, is we just took the five I'm normally at and we like glitter bombed it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Because because the reality was yesterday we were talking about the president turning a trip into the ICU ward in El Paso into a photo op rally, complete with a viral video of marching music. And when we got done, when I got done losing my bowels over that, how did we end the conversation? What did we end it with, Aaron? Yeah, I believe I said by this time tomorrow, we could be voting for Donald Trump 30 times again. And, and yes, because we're, it's, it is whoever's dumbest last loses. It, on a, as a standalone, it's a 10. I agree with you. But it, it's, its impact is limited because I, of how debilitating their own opponents are. And the same works for the Republicans at the exact same time. They, they mitigate what should be colossal cosmic level events of, of, of malaise and self-inflicted wounds for each other. Uh, they insulate each other symbiotically yes. on a daily basis. Let's get to issue two. Good segue to this topic. Is this true? It was a not-so-great week for President Donald Trump in the middle of a continuingly tumultuous summer. First, last week, he announced additional tariffs on various imported goods from China. That prompted China to devalue their currency earlier this week and announced they're boycotting American imports of farm goods. China ranks number four in U.S. exports of those farming supplies. Then there was the horrible use of SOPs to visit the victims of the El Paso and Dayton shootings as a photo op. And then there was the news that he's considering the commutation of the prison sentence of former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich. Even so, conservative commentator Eric Erickson's quip on Twitter this week still makes a lot of sense. He said, I know a lot of people who don't like the president who will be voting for him because they're scared of the Democrats. But I know even more Republicans who are just fed up with politics altogether and tired of the current political environment and checking out. So our first question is, is very simple. What I asked is in, in, the, in the title of this topic, is that true? And JJ, I want to start with you, all right? Because, you know, we like to look at data, numbers, and trends as part of what we do here professionally, but it is, it is primarily what you do professionally, all right? So 
We've got Sean Trendy at Real Clear Politics, uh, you know, a, a, a nonpartisan analyst that a lot of us respect and like, saying that he has poo-pooed the whole thing about Texas going blue. That's been Democratic hype, but he thinks it's a real fear now for the first time. And he's looking at all these retirements. He's looking at uh, the inroads uh, that Bader O'Rourke made with t- heavy turn- heavier turnout than normal in the urban areas. Uh, I mean, our own Allie Stuckey here at, at, at Blaze TV, her podcast I mean, her primary audience is she's looking at suburban women in places where she lives in Texas and suburbs and watching them tilt further and further to the left. And a lot of it in response to what they don't like about Donald Trump. So how much of this is hype? How much of this is a concern given what you do every day? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start by saying if we could pretend for a moment that let's just say we didn't have the White House. Right. I think. Out of the state of Texas, what a lot of people overlook is we hear this same argument every election cycle. I mean, long before Beto O'Rourke introduced himself on a skateboard in a Whataburger parking lot, <laughs> it's been the dream to turn Texas blue, right? All the way back to the year 2000. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the big thing then was the Democrats had the dream team. And it was a dream team because it was you know, just perfectly diverse. In fact, they were referred to it as the Rainbow Coalition, I guess lifted from Jesse Jackson there. And of course, they got wiped out. Having said that, there's no doubt Texas has changed. Our population growth has exploded. And we have a serious problem, challenge, political headwinds in the largest growth areas in the state. I mean, look at Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, and Houston, and you go to the contiguous counties all around them. I mean, set the federal stuff aside for a minute, Steve. We lost 12 Republican state House seats in 2018. Mm. 12, right? And let's be real. I mean, the Republicans controlled the redistricting process to draw those districts. So yeah, it's serious. I'm not on the I'm not on the train that says you know it's it's a toss up state, but I'm afraid it's a battleground state, and it is because, I mean, to Eric's tweet, I agree with it completely. I mean, I talk to people all the time who are like, you know what, I don't want to talk about it. I, I, they're just, they're done. And the question becomes, you know, when we fast forward to next November, I mean, as, just as Eric laid it out, I, I, I don't truly know what particularly the, the college-educated females in the suburbs in Texas are going to do. I really don't. Uh, I think that this upcoming debate in Houston uh, will be helpful you know, to the checked out piece. It'll be the first time that a lot of Texans have really tuned in and, and really get a good understanding of just how crazy that cast of characters is on stage. How much of it, before I turn it over to the rest of our panel here, JJ, is there a ratio? Meaning, if you know, I, I looked at it this morning when I saw McConnell come out for the very background check system that after Sandy Hook, all of the right lobbied against Obama to oppose and defeat it. Yep. Okay. And so, you know, and, and, and this goes to before re- the Republicans lost the House last year. This was already trending in this direction. They're, they're going to run next year on effectively Obama's third term with better economic growth. Right. Worse deficits. Yeah, we've got a nice tax increase, but because of what they did to some of the deductions in a state like yours, your state had to rally to change property tax laws because you were getting creamed, if I recall, right? You know, yep. we live in a farm belt state. You have a huge farm state too. Well, we live in, in the farm belt state. So that extra hundred bucks a month or, or paycheck that I'm getting from the Trump tax cut, he's wiped that out when I go to the grocery store with the tariff war, all right? 
So you're, you're getting bigger deficits, but better economic growth. We have largely the same border policy. Um, we're, we're actually complaining that Kamala Harris was too tough on crime now. That's, that's the new Republican line. <laughs> so this is effectively the, the third term of Obama is what this has become with better economic growth. Is it a question of, I just, I'm tired of the president's rhetoric and that, and I'm tired of his Twitter account and it's exhausting me and that's why I'm dropping out? Or is it, I'm not getting an ROI for the grief I have to put up with, with that? That if I was getting, if we were defunding Planned Parenthood, if we had built a wall at the border, I'd, I'd care a lot less about what, what, what vexes Joe Scarborough about the president's Twitter account. But when I have to go to work and go to church and answer for this stuff and I'm getting nothing in return, then I'm checking out. Is there a ratio there or is the president's behavior a solitary event? How would you respond to that? No, I, th- I think there's a ratio there. And I would break, you know, when, when you talk about the go to church and, you know, it's the, the return on investment's not worth the heartache. I'd break it down into two categories. Like, we, as you know, the oil and gas industry is huge in Texas, mm-hmm. and I think what a lot of people don't realize, they think Texas, oil and gas, ExxonMobil, Conoco, et cetera, we have a lot of independent producers in this state, and they are Republican and understandably so. That whole category, and, and it's a big category of small business owners, they're fine. They, they will argue all day long. And Rightfully so, I would say, particularly in the industries that they're in, that the, the, they're getting a return on investment. Mm-hmm. They're doing a heck of a lot better than they were under the eight years of Obama. And so they embrace and I, I watch these guys, you know, talk and defend all the time. On the other hand, going back to the suburban population that we were talking about, and I would say specifically females, I think you've put your, 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 your finger on it. It's look. On top of that, the president has put all of his eggs in one basket, the economy, right? And if, So what if it if tanks we, next year, right? If it tanks next year, we are in real trouble. No doubt about it. What's your response, Todd? Well, that's true, but we're also in trouble long term either way. Steve, you've, yep. you've asked this before, how much money is enough? And I think within the context of growth in Texas, we've talked about this before. Yeah, like this, how many more jobs does Texas yeah, need is, to keep importing Beta O'Rourke voters with, with tech giant sweethearts? This is meals. why right. the, the, the gated community effect is now affecting Texas. And there's a level of comfort and prosperity there that I think people think, you, you know, the, the motivations for what they're doing uh, matter. If you're just exhausted and kind of done and throwing your hands up and not doing anything, that's... I don't care if you don't vote for Donald Trump or Republicans or anybody else. How are you tacking one way or the other than locally, federally to do something otherwise? Because to to just be exhausted is not a principled statement uh, on any level. We, you have to have a game plan. Otherwise, Texas will sooner or later in our children's life. It will be blue. That's a promise yeah. because anytime you have a version of there, it's basically another version you're allowing to happen. If you just say I'm exhausted, it's a version of I'm socially, I, excuse me, I'm fiscally conservative, but I'm socially liberal. It's it's going to turn into that because of the demographics that Jason just talked to you about. That's changing. It's it's happened everywhere else. What on earth do you think is just because they have the history of the Alamo there? The Alamo still went down. You know, it doesn't. It's 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 going to happen. So you. They, they need to have an alternative other than saying they're exhausted. Eric's right, but we need to understand what the motivations behind that and what their alternative actually is. 
Aaron. Yeah, and this goes to this kind of segues perfectly into what I was going to say. I mean, this goes to what I've said multiple times and kind of what you hit on at the very beginning of this topic, Steve. I mean, Erickson lays out two two different types of people, ones who are just afraid of the Democrats, and so they'll vote for Trump basically no matter what, and then those who have just basically checked out. Now, I do think more in the latter category, as we get closer to the election, I think there is a good chance that they'll kind of migrate into the former category. But what I've said multiple times still rings true, and it goes to what Todd said at the very end. President Trump cannot get by on just being a protest vote against the Democrats. He has got to give people a reason to vote for him, not against the communists. That's essentially what his challenge is going to be. And right now, I don't see him getting that message. Now, having said that, by Monday, something could have broken that will change our minds at least a little bit. But he is not doing a great job. Other than the economy, he's not doing a great job of giving those suburban white women, a or suburban women, I should say, a, a reason to vote for him. And that is, that's a huge problem. I don't think he can get by on the coalition that he had back in 2016. And so that latter category that, uh, that Erickson described, people who are just checked out and just don't kind of uh, care, uh, they have got to find a reason to vote for Donald Trump. And uh, he's got to figure out a way to provide that for him. JG, one more question for you. Ultimately, why are we surprised at this? I mean, I, I, there's, a, there's this notion, you know, Todd used to like to say the status quo is the status quo until it isn't anymore. And, and there's an expectation things never change because you just get used to things being the way that they are. But, but I've only got a couple of minutes for the break, but why, JJ, are we shocked that, you know, year after year after year, not delivering on their promises to the voters, that eventually those chickens would come home to roost, especially when you give them full control of Congress and you have an external change agent, allegedly president, who's not outsider beholden to the system, who has shown either no capability or willingness to try to actually move his own party towards his policies. When people looked at that, you know, I know we live in the Twitter world of dueling political cults and clickbait. Most people like in places in the suburbs don't consume almost any of that crap. So why are we shocked that after year after year after year of disappointing their own voters, particularly after having just had total control in about a minute, JJ, why are we shocked that there might actually finally be consequences for this? If we are, we should not be. We absolutely should not be. I mean, to your point, it's the same thing again and again. It's Groundhog Day. And let's go back to Texas just real quickly. Look, I'm optimistic if and only if we have not politicians, but leaders making the case, articulating the case for freedom and for liberty. We, as we know, we can win those values and the issues associated mm-hmm. with them. But let's be real. Uh, I mean, that's not happening. It simply isn't. It's, you know, how much can we water down Obamacare a little bit more? Uh, how much can we ask you to give up in your Second Amendment liberty? I mean, to the point of not just hanging your hat on the economy, think about the border and think about the Second Amendment issue. Who's out there making the case for suburban women, suburban Texans about the security issues right. around the border? Right. right? They're not. So we people move. Be people move to the suburbs to get away of, from things like what's happening at the border. That should be a winning issue for Republicans, but they have no interest in it. Exit question. If your personal commitment to the current political process were a song from Abbey Road, which just celebrated its 50th anniversary this week, 
which song would it be? A, The End. B, Maxwell's Silver Hammer. C, Golden Slumbers. Or D, Here Comes the Sun. Todd. I have no idea if I'm going to get this right, but because it has hammer in the title, I'm going with that. Meaning just... It's it, Swing Away. Yeah, yeah, okay. I got you. That, that was the, what the reference meant. Aaron. Has to be the end. What do you think, JJ? Where are you at? Hey, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Beatles guy, so just going off the top, I jump back and forth between the end and Maxwell Sil- Silver Hammer. I mean, the tweet, I, I, I want to disengage, but I keep swinging. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm there. And, and, and there's even some days I'm at Golden Slumbers. I'm just like, I, I, you know, I just, I got to do something else with my life. I have to do something yep. else with my time. <laughs> but most days, uh, in, in, the, in Erickson's tweet, I am in one of those two camps on, a, on, a, on an everyday basis. Sometimes that particular day, I may inhabit uh, those particular camps, depending on how the cycle is devolving. All right, when we come back, uh, another round of, uh, of mass shootings. We'll look at uh, the response and reaction. And then a bad movie idea whose time has come. That and more as we continue with the Dace Group, our weekly look at the week that was here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> you guys are like this i just got an email from a brad collins in athens alabama who says i've come to the realization that i've been supporting a white nationalist institution there's a restaurant around the corner from me called the 88 buffet i am so ashamed i'm just shocked that a restaurant with buffets stocked mostly with chinese and japanese foods and staffed almost entirely by people of asian descent could possibly be a white nationalist institution he's gonna have to boycott that obviously uh, hey, um, if a low credit score can keep you from getting the things you're working hard to obtain in life, like a new car, a new home, maybe even that new job, more and more employers are looking at credit ratings these days. And then even if you do get in, uh, approved, you might get stuck with a punitive interest rate compared to what other people with better ratings are, are able to acquire. You don't have to keep living this way. Just call the specialists at creditrepair.com. They can help you repair your credit and improve your score by removing inaccurate negative items like late payments, charge-offs, even collections and bankruptcies. Here's the number for your free credit score and evaluation. 1-800-501-3199. That's 1-800-501-3199 for everybody except those living in Georgia, Mississippi, Ohio, and South Carolina. Carolina. When you call in, what'll happen is they'll give you your free score and an evaluation. And then creditrepair.com will tell you what they think they can do to help you repair that score. And then you'll decide from there if you want to sign up for the service. All right. 1-800-501-3199 or just simply go to the website, creditrepair.com. Again, creditrepair.com. Let's get back to the Days Group Weekly Roundtable. Let's get to issue three, more mass shootings. Last Saturday, a gunman entered a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, and opened fire. The death toll ended up being 22 people murdered. A manifesto allegedly linked to the shooter revealed his white nationalist worldview, as well as his far-left view on the environment. The shooter was apprehended and taken into custody. Then early on Sunday morning, another gunman in Dayton, Ohio, walked through the nightlife district in that city and opened fire, murdering nine people including his own sister. Thanks to an unusually fast response time from police, the shooter's carnage only lasted about 30 seconds 
before he was neutralized. Social media postings attributed to the Dayton shooter revealed his far-left ideologies and support for the group Antifa. In addition to the death toll, the El Paso and Dayton shooters left scores injured. So I'm going to start, Aaron, this time with you. What's your big takeaway from this last round of tragedy? And I'm leaving it open-ended so I don't lead the witness here. What's your big takeaway? can be anything. Well, one leads to another. Uh, and and the, the first takeaway is that uh, there's a darkness uh, in this country, uh, a spiritual darkness first and foremost in this country um, that continues continues to fester on on both both sides of the political divide when things transcend political divides um like this you know it's it's a symptom of a deeper a deeper problem but this leads then naturally into kind of the main conclusion is that Nobody's going to learn the right lessons. We're going to continue to learn and proceed as if we're learning all the wrong lessons and doing all the wrong things in response to this and saying all the wrong things in response to this. Because as we talked about on Monday throughout the entire show, the only solution to this is the solution that most of our culture does not want to hear. And it's what I said at the very beginning, that we have a deep spiritual problem in this in this country, and it manifests itself in multitudes of ways. One of them is uh, is is these mass shootings. I mean, you look at the fatherhood, uh, some of the data on fatherhood or the, the fathers of these mass shooters, a, a lot of them, most of them, a vast majority of them actually, don't have dads in the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just one way the spiritual ramifications and the spiritual darkness in our country manifests itself and so that's the main takeaway but it leads itself into just again we don't want to hear what the only actual solution should be i did an interview with chuck colson in the latter years of his life on a local show i used to host in iowa and uh for prison felon he talked about his work for decades with prison fellowship and he said he could uh, he you know every maximum security prison he'd ever been in every death row he ever visited uh, it didn't matter size um, sexuality, race, um, socioeconomic background, almost every one of the men he encountered in his ministry uh, either didn't know who their dad was or their dad was locked up as well or they'd have been better off not knowing their dad. And that was pretty much a universal truth he found uh, with every single one of those men in that situation. Todd, your big takeaway. Yeah, and of course, we're not talking about that at all, which uh, goes back to a uh, guest we had on uh, early in the week talking about uh, social science is not enough. I mean, we 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 do know things. The the data is there, and we just don't care. In this case, th- this was a time for the pause button to get hit because of the fact that two shootings happened with men who were similar to the extent we just talked about, but they were different in terms of their political motivations. Maybe we would have just said, okay, uh, maybe not. Let's hit, hit the propaganda button, and they hit it harder than ever, which reinforces the point uh, that Boise State uh, professor made. We don't, we, we just want our narratives right now. Uh, we, we're, we're drunk on our truth. The truth is a dead letter. If that's the case, if that's where you live, it is the Wild West. So the broader takeaway leads to my personal na- narrative. Uh, lock and load. Uh, concealed carry. Protect yourself and your family. JJ? 
Yeah, I agree with everything that I've heard. I mean, the you know, after Dayton, the the I mean, we know evil exists, and unfortunately, in the in the political sphere, it seems that it's people refuse to accept that you know evil is agnostic when it comes to political ideology, uh, and and that's a shame. I mean, my my initial reaction was, you know, here is a moment. Uh, just just as we just heard that we've got to stop and we've got to reflect. But where we are as a society and how we interact in it individually is we don't look inward. We look out. We look up to the federal government. Uh, as we know, there's no law that can address this. And uh, I'm, I'm very concerned because, you know, there, there's an old adage, it's got to get worse before it gets better. I don't know what that looks like, mm. uh, but, you know, for me, I mean, in addition to, I'll tell you, one of the first things I did was go and buy a lot more 30-round clips for my AR because I, you know, I fear even this administration is going to do something just to make people feel better. And the other thing, in a discussion at our church, I mean, do I know the person six pews over? I mean, do I know the name of my neighbor four doors down the street? I'll answer that question for you because it hit me. I don't, yeah. right? I mean, I just keep thinking as a parent, like this, this guy in El Paso, that lunatic's dad was evidently a mental health yeah. practitioner. Yep. And I, I, I don't know, like if, if my 21-year-old son is living at home, particularly if I'm trained, I, I, I just don't know how you miss these things. And I'm just stepping back as a parent uh, and just trying to think about what can I individually what I control and what I can work on, which is defending my own family, right? And making sure that I'm an engaged father, right? I have a 14 year old son and you know, those, we all remember those are tough, tough times. And I just, I'm still a little stunned, frankly, uh, because I, I think we all know the answer is that we're not going to at large deal with the broader issue, the the spiritual sickness and just the prevalence of evil. We're just going to point fingers and look for some additional Band-Aid coming out of D.C. Exit question. If you were the president of these United States, what would you have said or done differently in the wake of these two mass shootings, Aaron? Well, I wouldn't be tweeting quite as uh, as much. I thought the speech he gave was was just fine, but the again the photo the turning turning that thing into a photo op in in Dayton El Paso and El Paso, I would have just stepped out of the spotlight once that speech was done and just let things go for a while, but that again that's not this president. Well, you know why I did it? Because he, everything's a reaction to the media. Yep. We, we, the, the, it, it's not a presidency that does anything the media says he was being protested when he went to comfort the victim. So they had to put out a video that showed, no, He's man, I'm a star. Protested. And they yeah. took pictures and wanted my autograph. Everything, it's like a child. Everything has to be a reaction to the media. Everything. Everything, if they, anything they claim about him, he's got to counter it every time. Todd. Well, it's, is this, a, if I was Donald Trump or if I was no, president? No, if you were the president. See, yeah. I mean, then, obviously, I'm not, you know, uh, Putting a soundtrack to that video, like I was, you know, walking into a prize fight. Uh, that's definitely uh, at the very top of the list. Um, but I absolutely have a conversation um, about our uh, spiritual uh, state, 
And uh, if there was ever a time to have, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about how from the pulpit you're supposed to have the Bible in one hand and the copy of the newspaper in the other. So you you meld the eternal with the temporal. Uh, this was a time for a president uh, to absolutely do that. That's, that isn't, in fact, w- why we subconsciously all of us on some level vote for presidents uh you know th- that executive branch is supposed to be uh the the leader of us all in these moments of crisis he's the one who is supposed to have some he or she is supposed to have some answers for how we can redirect uh and and uh, we unfortunately just don't have a president and we knew this who is capable of spiritual redirection jj get the last word go ahead yeah, I'll agree with everything I've heard. And, and additionally, I would make clear that it's natural uh, to look to your government after tragedies to try to find a way to say this will never happen again. But I would make clear that as we you know go through this uh, conversation about what really is our root problem, that to the extent that Congress comes forward, to start to restrict the Second Amendment, that I'm going to force the conversation to make very clear that with each restriction, we are asking something of you. We are asking you to give up more of your liberty in exchange for a guarantee, for a promise that this federal government then somehow was going to do what you can do on your own. And I would point out, we don't have a real good history of fulfilling mm. that promise. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would get back to principles. I would get back to values and, and making clear that, you know, I'm the president, not the preacher. We have a spiritual problem. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to pray. Issue four, bad movie ideas. Executives at Universal Studios this week decided to pull advertising for a new film in the wake of the El Paso and Dayton mass shooting tragedies. The film in question was originally slated to be titled Red State vs. Blue State, but ended up being called The Hunt. The plot consists of a group of elitists who take a quote-unquote hunting trip on which they physically hunt and shoot so-called deplorables for sport. What's funny is the elitists seem to be the bad guys. The film is still slated to be released on September 27th. So question for you, gentlemen. Todd, I'll start with you. What's your bad movie idea along the lines of this one that will never be made? Uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, sorry. Dang it. Todd, you stole my thunder. (laughs) Do Do I just have to stop all movie topics from this time forward? It's, no. Is that where you are right now? We just can't, we can't get past this, can we? We shouldn't get past this. This is a matter of principle. Oh my gosh. Do you have another answer other than The Last Jedi? Or is that your answer? That's my answer. Final. Aaron, you're not allowed to say The Last Jedi. Choose something else. Yeah, I would say it would probably be like a, a trilogy uh, movie where the first one was like really, really good. And then I would have a director come in, a completely different director come in to do the Here second we go. movie. Here we go. And there's like laser swords and we're flying <laughs> through the air. And uh, it's actually a trilogy of an original trilogy from like uh, 30 years ago that was really, really good. But for some reason, um, we just keep repeating the same themes over and over again. There's a Mary Poppins moment for and the, the female lead. the first movie of this, yeah, the, Mary, the first, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the first movie in this trilogy this was really good. This segment wasn't. 
But the second movie is just a complete repudiation of all of the things that were great about that first movie in the trilogy. I would do something like that. I would yeah. probably have J.J. Abrams do the first movie and then the second one with somebody who's not J.J. Abrams. Welcome to our world, Jason. Jason, <laughs> do you have a better? Do you have another idea? Sure. And proving uh, the the premise here that it should never happen, I want to say that I'm starring in this movie, and it's a remake of Jack Nicholson's "What If This Is As Good As It Gets," yeah. and my being Jack Nicholson's character, I'm based in Washington D.C. <laughs> and I get to engage in conversations with these morons every day. Uh, if you if you remember some of the money lines, yes, uh, so we wouldn't have. We How wouldn't do you write women a- so well? Well, I think of a man, and then I remove all <laughs> uh, logic and rationality. <laughs> Where did they teach you to talk crazy like that? At some Panama City? Yeah. Yes, indeed. I think, I think it would be very, very gratifying. Mine would be a gaze into the future, where law degrees are obtained from Costco. All the guy, all the young men do is just sit around and uh, 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 self pleasure to porn and eat cheese puffs, uh, and 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 they get progressively dumber uh, as the years go on. Waiting, you know, for government to care for them, cradle to grave, obsessed with electrolytes. Yes, and I, you know, I'd, I'd come up with some clever title uh, to kind of describe, you know, what's become of Americana. You know, like a. a, a M- morocracy. I'm trying to m- merge moron. Yeah. How about idiocracy? Something. Yeah, that 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 How flies. What do you think? think uh, that's a good idea. That's a movie that would like they never get made like ever. Let's get to predictions. Todd, go. Uh, after the uh, next presidential debates, the main topic of conversation, not just on this show, but from people on the left, is is it time for Joe? to go because it is going to be a smaller stage and they're going to gang up on him and he's not going to be able to handle it. JJ. I uh, yeah, believe it or not, you took mine. Oh, wow. sorry. Straight up. There you go. <laughs> wow. That, that. that is, that's what I mean. You saw the, st- I think today there was a story written by one of the mainstream papers, just calling to question. You gotta keep, you gotta stop hiding this guy. Yeah. Like we deserve to see, can he stand up to the rigors of a primary campaign? Because if he can't do that, how the heck's he going to stand up to the rigors of a general election v. Donald Trump? Hmm. Aaron. AFC South is going to be Indianapolis, Houston, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. My prediction, the last three contested Democrat Iowa caucus winners have gone on to win that party's nomination for president. And I think the streak will be extended to four. Uh, wh- whoever wins Iowa, I think, will be Trump's 2020 opponent especially because I think there's really only three candidates who could be the nominee. And two of them are from neighboring states in New Hampshire. So if one of those candidates were to win Iowa, the amount of momentum they would have riding into New Hampshire would be pretty difficult, I think, to uh, withstand. And I think if you win both of those, you're going to be the nominee in the Democratic Party, given the way they've truncated their their nomination schedule. Jason, thanks for doing this and uh, stepping in you for bet. us at the last minute, man. It's always good to have you. We appreciate it, all right? Enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, we've got um, uh, we've got Feedback Friday coming up. I also want to let you know, if you want to take advantage of what's happening right now in the economy with the real estate market, you need to get a real estate agent that you can trust, somebody with a proven track record of being successful, somebody who has a plan for you other than 
let me go back to the office and check the algorithms or how about another open house this weekend? And then somebody who actually returns your calls that uh, can be counted on to be available to you and to be courteous at the same time. This is a very relational process. You work so closely together with your agent. That's why a rapport there is necessary for you to have the success that you want. And it really, if you want to have the success you want, you need all three of those things because that's what embodies a real estate agent that you can trust. And what sets real estate agents I trust.com apart from other referral services is those are done to find clients for agents. This one is set up to find uh, an agent worthy of having you for a client. If you are looking for a real estate agent that you can trust, just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. We've got Feedback Friday coming up here in hour two, and we'll see if it takes the whole time or not, but I'm going to start off with just reactions to the town hall we had on Monday for mass uh, the mass shooting town hall we had on Monday. We're just going to begin with those with those notes. And we'll see if we get through them quick enough or if they end up taking up the whole hour. But there was a lot of reaction to that, and I thought it deserved uh, a block of, of, of time here for those that couldn't respond on the phones but chose to do so on email. And we'll do that when we come back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd, and Aaron here with me as well. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, by the way, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review at the podcasting platform of your choice, the more of those we get, the more people like you we find, because the algorithms, not Skynet, not the HAL 9000, it is the algorithms that rule us all. And the more of you that uh, say that you like us, the more the algorithms like us, the more they help us find more people like you, and then the more likely we are to continue to get to do these absolutely phony baloney jobs. So thank you to the thousands of you that have left us those five-star reviews already ready. And thank you in advance to those of you that will do so now that I have begged you sufficiently uh, to, to join and be joiners and and log on to our bandwagon, please. 888-933-93 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you've been working hard to get healthier again and get back to that fighting weight and shape, and you're like, man, something's missing here. Uh, it could be this little thing in your body uh, that is supposed to send the the beacon from the gut to the brain to let it know when it's full so it can stop eating and get on with the rest of its business. It could be that that's not working the way it's supposed to. That's called OEA, and that's where Riduzone comes in. They want to help you regulate your portion sizes as well as control your cravings. And the way it works is really simple. You just put the OEA back in your body. That's all Riduzone is. It's not loaded with chemicals, caffeine, stimulants. It's just about that OEA to help you uh, eat only as much as you need. See, folks, unless you have food allergies, you know, for the rest, for everybody else, though, it's not what you eat. It's how much, okay? If you want to give Riduzone a shot, use my name, Steve, as a promo code, riduzone.com. Promo code Steve, they'll give you a discount there if you do. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com, promo code Steve. Should we get to some feedback Friday? Gentlemen, you ready to go? Yes. Let's do it. We're going to just start with email reactions I've received from our mass shooting town hall that we held on Monday. This is from Terry Flink. 
Terry writes, thousands are killed every year by guns in America. Hundreds of millions have been killed by dictators and totalitarian governments. Therefore, I'll take my chances with an armed citizenry. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I, I'm the guy who just a couple minutes ago said, uh, uh, lock and load. Uh, I mean, at this point, remember what also what I said about uh, a couple of days ago about there's nothing aspirational left. That, I have to catch myself thinking like that because it, it changes so many fundamentals in your head. I mean, if you, if you just cannot trust a, a base level of where humans come together, common sense, whatever, if you can't trust that anymore, this is, that, that's exactly why the Second Amendment is the fun, most fundamental thing, ultimately, at the end of the day, that you can trust. Something in your hand, I mean, we know we, at the end of the day, ours at home, I mean, you don't, you don't get to step to that ever, nope. and I need to have the tools to take care of that. Aaron? Yeah, I would, I would echo what, what Todd said. It's, it, again, it is a, it, it, it's a better, it's a better argument to say that because of what we're seeing in culture and society as a whole, that uh, it's, it's actually more of an argument to own a weapon for self-defense mm-hmm. as well. I mean, that's, I think that's the whole point, and I, I agree with that sentiment. I'm glad you brought up the nothing aspirational thing because I, I, I hope I hope this goes without saying, but but I don't want to take for granted either. When we talk about first first of all, you 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 can't reach a point of absolute no hopeism and call yourself a Christian, right? I mean your your worldview begins with they 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 put a stone in front of his tomb after they. Mm-hmm after they beat him senseless beyond recognition. And then they hung him through his own limbs on a tree and let him choke out on his own, uh, on his own breath. That's called asphyxiation to death in the heat of a hot sun. All right. Um, and then on the third day, dude walked out of there like a total boss, like it never happened. If that's, if that's the genesis of your, of your, of your belief system, no hopeism is not an option for you. So I want people to understand when we use that phrase, we are speaking specifically about the political arena. Correct. And because I don't want us to give license to because of what's happening. Here's what I don't want us to do. Meaning those of us that live in the what's left of America. I, I don't want us to turn every front of the culture into a war zone like the left America is. Because then there's really no point in contending for Americana, if we're going to join them in, 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 in ruining it all at the same time. And I'll give you an example of my own life that happened just yesterday to illustrate my point. So Stephen Ross is the biggest benefactor to the University of Michigan. He's the owner of the Miami Dolphins, and his name is on the business school. Michigan's business school is one of the best in America. It's, it's perennially rated the number one or number two public university in the world the University of Michigan is, right? And he and its business school is one of the best in the country. His name's on it. And he's been a huge benefactor as well uh, to all of the athletic programs at Michigan. Him, I think Fred Wilpon, I think he's the owner of the Mets, another big uh, Michigan alum guy, all right? Well, one of Mr. Um, uh, Ross's many, he's a many, uh, maybe not too many, Warren Buffett. 
kind of just or just maybe a variation of Warren Buffett. One of his many other properties was in the news this week. It's called SoulCycle. You know, the place Michael Moore uh, in his 900 pounds pretended to be canceling his health in, in club membership to on Twitter, right? Um, there's a, there was a story, one of the, the local Ann Arbor newspaper. So having followed Jim Harbaugh since I was 12 years old when he played at Michigan, I think I have a pretty good read on how he operates without ever having met him personally. For example, early in his tenure, um, when the movie American Sniper was popular and three Muslim students on campus were offended by it, and so they demanded the University of Michigan not show it on campus and the university backed down, Harbaugh jumped immediately on Twitter and said, um, we're going to be showing this in the football offices to the football team. Thanks. We think, uh, we think uh, you know, this guy's an American hero. And after he did that, the university backed down and went in and showed the movie on campus. So I don't really know what his politics are, particularly. You know, they just took a trip to South Africa with the football team. And one of the things they celebrated on his podcast is how progressive South Africa is on LGBT rights. Meaning that I don't, I don't, I don't think you can put him in a box. I think he's like a lot of Americans. Probably has a lot of different isolated pro-America, what they view as pro-America thoughts that may not necessarily even line up congruently. But Stephen Ross was getting pounded yesterday. We even talked about it because one of his own players, Kenny Stills, on the Miami Dolphins, said it was hypocritical of him to establish a charity for social justice but then be a Trump donor. Because, you know, that's, that's progressivism in a nutshell. You provide me a platform to say and do what I want with my beliefs, but you aren't able to use that exact same platform. That's bake the cake, bigot. I mean, that's wax my balls, bigot. That's, prog- that's every progressive argument ever. Every time you turn into Tolerance Boulevard, it's a one-way street. And I believe in response to this, Jim Harbaugh made a huge point on his Twitter account yesterday of celebrating Stephen Ross. Because he was, always, he was also given an award from the National Football Foundation for his work in support of football. Well, there's an article in the local Ann Arbor press I saw on my Twitter feed yesterday. Uh, Harbaugh takes heat for supporting uh, uh, Trump supporter Stephen Ross. And I had quite the blistering tweet in reaction to that. Are there no places for us to go anymore? Everything has to be a war. And then I stopped myself and I, and the, the, the tweet in the article had been up for about an hour or two. And I saw that it had one retweet and one like. And I realized if I enter into this with my following, I don't have nowhere near the following the head football coach at the University of Michigan does, but it ain't, it ain't minuscule the following we have either. If I enter into the fray here, this thing you know, I'm, if I even if my take is why are we politicizing everything? If I enter into this play, fray, I'm going to help him do that. I mean, I had the tweet written before I hit send. Something stopped me. Little angel on the shoulder tapped me and said, "Like Dick, in my Dick Vitale. My, why does my little angel always sound like Dick Vitale? Get a to, baby." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wish you would have done that before that whole Carly Fiorina thing. But anyway, um, uh, I so I stopped and I was like. You know, if I enter into this, man, this thing's going to get dialed up to 11. I'm going to help them do what they want. This is, a, this is what they're baiting me, hence the term clickbait. And so I just let it go. And the story went away. Not because I let it go, but it just went away in general. 
because they, they couldn't provoke anybody into it. And we can't allow them. When they show up at a ball field like they did in, in suburban D.C. two years ago, looking to mass assassinate, lock and load. All right? But, but outside of that, we can't holistically believe in no hopeism because if we do that, we're going to give them what they want. They're trying to tear everything down. We don't have to take part in that. Yes, we have a right to defend ourselves and our property and the people that God has put under our purview. But, but that also then doesn't mean we have to respond to everything. When I said last hour that this presidency revolves around just responding to what the media says about him all the time, some of you are already, I don't have to check, I know. Some of you are going to be in my inbox. That's why he fights. Not all fights are good. Some fights are dumb. Some fights are really dumb. Like, cosmically dumb. And a lot of this is, does, the point, the, pre, the press has been trying to make two points about this president since he took office. One, he's a racist, and so are his followers. But then the other one is, if they can't convince you that he's a racist, and so are his followers. The other is to exasperate you. How many times have I made that point on the last, during the last three years? Many. They're trying, that, that tweet from Eric Erickson we had in the roundtable, that's their end goal. If they can't convince you he's a racist, then they just want to exasperate you to the point that either you just say, I want him gone because I can't handle this anymore, or you tap out. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to exasperate you. And if we allow them to bait us into politicizing everything now, I can't watch the NFL. I can't go to Disney World. I can't do anything now. That's what they want. Because you know what? They hate all those things that are true and beautiful or could be or used to be. They hate them all. They want to tarnish them all. That's what they want to do. They, they, they've literally just whipped out their genderless phallus and they're just spraying toxic rain out of its pee hole every, on everything they can find. We don't have to take part in that. The political process has, is not aspirational on any level whatsoever. But when you, you know what's funny when you get outside the political process and you start talking to people who aren't when it, about not, uh, things that aren't on cable news last night or aren't trending in, to, on Twitter, you'll run into a whole lot different America than you will be than you'll find in those two places. I just wanted to clarify that. You guys okay with that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's get, get, get back to this. Russell Berger writes, young men lack purpose. They have no real meaning and are easily persuaded by radicalization in various forms. So young men find meaning in fame and being a crusader for the radicalization until we as a society, as a nation are able to turn to our communities and bring back meaning into all of our lives. I don't see a good end to this problem. I expect things will only get worse. For sure. Yeah. For I sure. mean, ultimate meaning is is found nowhere other than uh the cross and and the work that that christ did for us but in terms of just basic meaning i mean we talked about the marriage rates in in my generation you know having a wife and kids people depending on you for which you are responsible you know, that's can I clear? Going, can I repeat that? Sure. The sociological data says that the average twenty-eight-year-old male in America is more likely to be living at home yeah. with at least one parent than living in his own home with a wife and a child. Now, as much as you know, as 
that may seem fine if you're that young man for a while because, hey, I don't have any responsibility. This is kind of nice. And that's our natural state. That's what we'll revert to as men most of the time when we're not challenged, when we're not asked to step up. But then eventually you do just become you become essentially what that that man in the uh, in the email described purposeless. And then you start to d- despair and uh, anger. St- I mean, it is just a cavalcade of things that we were not designed for mm-hmm. because it is not are- good for the man to be exactly. alone. Exactly. Yeah. So the God shaped hole will be filled. Yeah. One way or the other. And we talked about what free will uh, this week. Mm-hmm. You got free will. You can fill it with his will or all manner from the buffet of chaos that you now have uh, before you. You absolutely have that free will, though. The only right choice is to make your will his. But it's one way or the other, that hole is going to get filled. I mean, the, Todd just took you on the Romans road there, man, with, with, with the Apostle Paul. You're going to be a bondservant yep. to something. Okay, to this world or to Christ or to your creator, your savior. You're going to be a bondservant to your own sin or to your or, or to your savior, one or the other, right? That's why the, yeah. the, the wording, uh, especially at the American history, one of the harshest basic words in our lexicon is slavery, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, Paul, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. He's, ma- he's not just randomly flourishing there. He get, I am in bondage to the Lord. Of heaven and earth, he's like, my his will be done. Get me out of the way. I mean, it's used for a reason. You have free will to make that choice, and if you don't make that choice, natural consequences kick in. Sandy Brasilli says, "When cities are unveiling statues to Satan, why are we surprised we're suffering through things like mass shootings?" That was the point that I made on Monday. I mean. We, we still have abortion. We still have all of these cultural societal ills are, are like I said, multiple times now in, in the last hour too. The only answer, the only solution is the one that culture doesn't want to hear. What do we expect? Yeah, I should have put more flesh on the bone in the moment when we were talking about uh, what would you do if you were president. But I would, ha- I would have explicitly said what we said on Monday. I mean, what... What on earth do you expect when you just went headhunting? You, you called an emergency meeting at NBC to wonder whether we need to fire A.C. Slater because he said, you know what? A three-month-old has no idea. Three-year-old. but, uh, th- yeah, but Excuse still, me, three-year-old. That's yeah, what I meant. A three-year-old yeah. is, you know, shouldn't be choosing what gender he is. That's the water we're swimming in. You can't help but have crazy littered all over the place. If that's the case, this one is from Gene says, we spoke during your call and show about the weekend's violence. Like I told you, I'm a retired police officer who retired as soon as I was eligible. Several years earlier, I chased down a drive by shooting suspect who was armed with a semi-automatic AK style rifle. When cornered, he surrendered. I knew he was the same suspect who had terrorized this neighborhood for months. And for a split second, I contemplated putting him down, knowing I could get away with it, seeing that there were no witnesses. The better angels of my nature spared his life. Because no one came forward to ID him, the court granted him bail for the lesser crime of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and discharging a firearm within the city limits. While waiting trial, he executed two people. For the longest time, I told myself that those victims were probably two more criminals who got what they deserved, but in my heart, I knew better. 
I have lived with that decision for a long time, and only through the grace and mercy of our Lord can I greet each day with peace. We don't have a gun problem in this country. We have an evil problem. Let that stand. Yep. Reap it. Reap it. Stephanie says, with our society failing, the Second Amendment will be needed now more than ever. Yep. Of course. I mean, you're not... You and I, Steve, aren't gun guys in nope, terms of I'm growing a up Amendment in a culture. Guy, but I'm a but I'm not a gun enthusiast per se. Though. But I, I just, just I, I never grew grew up like around it. You know, I mean, yeah. we my my stepdad was a hunter, a big pheasant hunter, yeah. but he wasn't somebody I wanted to spend a lot of time with alone in the woods all day yeah. long. Okay, so that's that's why I never really got into that growing up. That's all. Yeah, but so, but how how are you not if you? Like I go back to if you're if you want to be in the position to do your duty as a father and a husband, how do you avoid the truth of that? Mm. Zoe writes, I live in Dayton and I never thought I'd be saying this, but I wanted to commend our local media. They were on the air nonstop for about 20 hours and they largely kept politics out of it and gave more attention to the victims than to the to the murderer. Something I've been hoping for for a long time. Well, you'll, you're way more likely to find that uh, in your local news. Depend, you know, I can't say that you know, writ large. I, there's plenty of places. I mean, I don't know, in the middle of New York City, probably not. But in a place like Dayton, yeah, you're way more likely to get something like that. Yeah, it is. It's still surprising, though. Um, you know, when you hear things like that, I just dropped the uh, Seattle is Dying documentary by... Mm-hmm. Uh, the the ABC affiliate in that city, you know, sometimes it does surprise you. Sometimes when it's close to home, they don't really have, you know, Manhattan to hide behind, if you get what I'm saying. Sure. So, yep. I mean, they're living in these communities. Yeah. The local reporters there are living in the cities that Nancy Pelosi is allowing uh, folks to defecate all over. They're taking those kids to the parks that have become hangouts for meth users, you know, and, and homeless folks that either are choosing to be that or could, or need, you know, some, some psychiatric help, some counseling, some drug rehabilitation, what have you. So, you know, it's, it's not as easy to, you know, I was going to say something and I promised this source of mine, I wouldn't do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep my word and self edit, edit. Let me, let me just say that the, the folks that you watch in these national platforms don't have any idea what it's like to live in a place like Dayton, Ohio or El Paso, Texas, or Des Moines, Iowa, or anywhere in Alabama. Even 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 a fairly sophisticated place like Dallas, Texas, or even Austin, which is considered Texas's big progressive city, would be like um, uh, Green Acres to them. Now, your local people might want to become those folks one day. They might aspire to that. And ideologically, in a vacuum, might agree with a lot of their presuppositions. The problem is when they get when 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 they leave the house in the morning, they still have to live in the communities that suffer the consequences for this magical thinking. And and that's kind of what you were alluding to. When you are in the insulated world of the Upper East Side that the Joe Scarborough, Joe and Mika Scarboroughs live in, you're insulated from a lot of that. And so you have no idea what an assault rifle is that they were banned in 1987. Okay. You don't, you don't, you, you think AR means assault, right? You don't know a lot of these things. 
You just Chick-fil-A, you, you think it's a, a, you know, an agent of intolerance, which is why you're shocked that the Chick-fil-A there in Times Square, I think it is, has a line outside the door uh, every day that it's open. And the big complaint from the other people is, why, is this, why isn't this place open on Sundays? <laughs> you don't live in, you, li you literally are living in an, in an alternative world and universe and in, in existence. They don't, they don't understand the life that the average Hillary voter in Dayton, Ohio lives. They don't understand the life that the average Hillary voter um, in El Paso, Texas lives. They just don't. They don't. They don't. They don't live in a place where there's people like you. Trust me, I know. I've been on these shows a ton. I get interviewed for jobs in these places. I mean, I, I had an executive producer at MSNBC tell me in my interview, I was the first person they ever met in their lives that could convince them someone intelligent could believe the things that Christianity claims. This woman had to be in her 50s. And that was seven years ago, right before the 2012 election. And, I, and I'd like to think it's because I'm your little mini Augustine. That's not why it is. It's because they have, they don't, people like, they get to live in a world where people like us do not exist. Don Vandenberg writes, moral decay leads to an increase in all manner of evil. He's right. That world I just described would reject this. And the reason they would reject it is because they don't want to be judged for their own immorality. And so, you know what? Cheating on my wife is okay if I wear a condom. Promoting forms of sex that, that are far and away predisposed to spread disease is okay. They're, they're, they're literally running ads now saying, hey, you're, you're perfectly clear to have sex if you're, have, have uh, anal sex if you're HIV positive. And in fact, you won't even have your HIV positive even show up on test anymore. With, it's like, is this a drug or a masking agent? Have you guys seen that ad for that drug? They're, it's almost like they're, they're, they're saying, you do you and you know, there won't be a trail of evidence for you. That's the world that your elite media sectors live in. That there is no sin I, as long as there's a device that, that mitigates the consequences of my sin, I, the, that, that, then it's okay. But there's no accountability in writ large or in and of itself. Except if you deny me the tools that will mitigate the consequences of my own sin. That's the only sin. Mitch writes, if we're not willing to look at this problem with mass shootings as a problem that's developed as we've driven God out of our culture, then there's no hope to fix it. Why didn't kids in the 40s go to school with their dad's rifles and shoot up the school? Because in school, they learned how to read from reading things like the Ten Commandments, and they started every day with prayer. Now, those on the other side there in left America, this is trite, this is simplistic, childlike thinking right yes how would you respond well it's it's trite if you full stop it there it relates to your last question you know if you but if you're still surrounded by a people who bit by bit drip by drip breadcrumb by breadcrumb are you know fall into some version of of don't judge uh, and while i judge you but, uh, Yes, that's what it means. Well, you, because they, they've over time that that just utterly 
uh, and people were doing that with a with a Bible uh, in one hand. But the, you know, the Bible has actually given us the actual directions to use our reason to judge. It gives us. I mean, it it does. It, it's not just hey, just start beating the heck out of people and take it on faith. That's a different religion that actually exists. Not this one. We have a playbook for right. how to judge specifically what to judge. Try uh, Iran. That's yeah, that's their thing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so if 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 we are capable of doing that as reasonable people, the fo- that's the follow through on what they're talking about. If if you can't or won't do that, it's not. That's not. If you just leave that as it is, you 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 base you have magical thinking. You 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 believe that there's Christian pixie dust. This no, you you must bear your cross uh, in fear and trembling, uh, working out your salvation on a uh, daily basis. And that's unfortunately by you just say that and say that alone, you don't understand how important our intel. We've a, people now use reason and science, reason and science. Well, those are just bludgeoning words that people use. People don't care about reason because once we the let. Uh, started believing in uh, uh, don't judge it, it, that standard of what we're allowed to chime in on and say yeah should we check on that that's wrong I mean really we've we've given transgender license to exist because of how many times we haven't judged judging is reasonable but we've created an entirely unreasonable world where people realize I, I don't have to it's it's how can I draw a line anywhere? In fact, it's insanity to start drawing li- lines, and that's why I talk about we're bending reality in on itself. Up is down, down is up. It is increasingly a reasonable thing from a pagan perspective, and all the Christians that have participated in it to just let chaos out of the bag. I mean, how it's it's unreasonable unless you're from a, a Christian who will walk it all the way through. To put a standard anywhere. Yeah, the culture saying what the emailer said, being trite and uh, simplistic. Um, I would simply ask, then, then what's your solution then? I mean, to, to that particular thing, and I yep. agree with everything that Todd said, yep. but w- what's your solution? Here, I just gave you a reason for why we're here, and you're turning it away. Because you don't like, again, you don't like the outcome. I, basically, I would, I would assume, I don't want to, uh, you know, in a proper argument, I don't want to assume, make assumptions like that. But that's the solution. I'm giving you a solution here for why we are where we are, and you don't like it. So what's your solution then? That's, that's what I would say. I, I, I can answer that question for them because I've had some of those conversations. All right? Yeah. So when we come back, you ask me this question. I'm going to tell you what their answer would be and why that is their answer. And we'll do that here as we continue with some Feedback Friday and we'll get more of your reaction to the mass shooting town hall we held here on the show on Monday next here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. If you watched a recent episode of 60 Minutes and you're in your own home, uh, beware. Uh, The FBI's former head of cybercrimes was on there warning homeowners that foreign and domestic scammers 
can steal your home and do it all online. Here's how it works. You know, a lot of our mortgage notes, our home titles are kept online and databases these days. And the good news is that makes it more accessible for us. The bad news is it makes it more transparent and vulnerable for them to hack into those databases. They then forge their name onto your paperwork. They then take out loans, maybe even just take the home, uh, refile it under their own name, or they take out loans and then uh, use the home as collateral while they liquidate your equity, sticking you with the payments. Often you don't know until the late payment notices show up, the foreclosure notices. Uh, there's yard signs. There was a case uh, in Pennsylvania of a family who kept having their home being put up for sale because a guy in another state had taken their home title from them. Hey, don't let this happen to you because for pennies a day, it won't with our friends at Home Title Lock. In fact, right now, you can get 60-day risk-free protection to give it a shot. Find out if your home's title has already been targeted by scammers at HomeTitleLock.com. And when you sign up, you'll get 60 days risk-free protection for the most valuable and important investment most Americans will ever have, their own home. At HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Um, Aaron, you had a question you wanted to ask the left America. So yeah, just to kind of reset the the last email or their reaction from from um, yesterday or from Monday's town hall, essentially saying that the reason why we keep seeing this increase in violence, this increase in evil, is because uh, back in the day we had our young boys and our sons and our uh, young men go to school and they learned things of the Bible, the Ten Commandments, and things like that. And Todd put it, you know, more in depth. If it just ends there, then yeah, that's not a sufficient answer. But um, the it's reaction, a heck of a start. It's a heck of a start. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the the reaction from the broader culture would be that's trite, that's simplistic. So my reaction would be, what's your solution? And that's essentially okay. essentially the question. Now, first of all, I don't think the broader culture would oppose us on that. Actually. Just, they just don't control the newsrooms in America, nor the faculty departments in America, nor the halls of Congress. Okay, but again, if, if you went and asked the average person who even voted for Hillary in El Paso, Texas, or Dayton, Ohio, hey, what do you think you know, at a Walmart in those towns? What do you think about you know putting the Ten Commandments in school? They'd be totally fine with it, all right? So I don't think it's the broader American question. I think it's the left America question. Having spent a lot of time with the folks in those enclaves, let me tell you what their answer would be. Take away the guns. Now, you and I would understand that that's not an answer because we recognize that evil is, is, is a thing, exists. And it doesn't, that, that there's external evil and then there's the internal evil that lies in the human heart. Over the years, you've heard me say, if I could ask one question at a debate, the question would be, is human nature basically good? See, to the left America, that is the first commandment, the first creed. Because if human nature is not basically good, then, it does, then I'm not, I, I need that to justify how I'm going to declare ye be like God on everything else from there. And then if you don't understand that your nature is basically good for you to divorce yourself from the laws of nature and nature's God too, well then you need me to compel you to do so and you will be made to care. You need me, you need me to be your God. For the, left, for the leftist, I am my own God and then if you disagree, I get to be yours. And so remember what I said a little while ago that in the world that, 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 it, that your elite media inhabits, Sin is defined as 
taking away the things that, that cause my immorality to mitigate its damage. The inverse of this is true as well. I'm going to take away that which cause, which, which mitigates, which, which I'm going to, I'm going to take away that which magnifies your sin. So I take away your guns. And that's how they see it. Because it's, it's, it's any solution that doesn't cause me to go back to the inherent, if you, where do these paths diverge? between what's left of America and left America. Now, to be sure, there's a lot of people in what's left of America that think human nature is basically good, too. I've heard Rush Limbaugh say that a million times over the years, for example. There's a lot of people in conservative media that think human nature is basically good. But when they say that, it's still wrong. It's still bad theology. But they don't necessarily mean it in the same systemic way that that the leftist does. See, when when... When a secular conservative um, says that they believe human nature is basically good, nine times out of ten, that still that person will still acknowledge that evil exists in the world. The leftist will not. In fact, in the leftist worldview, the only evil is is evil stems from not recognizing that human nature is basically good. That's what's evil. And that's why if you don't take that premise to my conclusions, if you're not, as as David Harsanyi said yesterday, if you're not as hysterical about the things I'm hysterical about, then you're evil. You're a a Nazi. You're a fascist. You're a racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic bigot. So that's why their answer is always to take away the guns, guys. Because Because you want to talk about a childlike worldview. I mean, the clip that you had in your montage yesterday of Chris Cuomo's gun town hall on CNN. Yeah, we hear these arguments. If we take away the guns, people will just use knives. And literally that very night, there's a mass knifing in Orange County, California. Six people are dead. And oh, by the way, the guy who did it was let out of prison early through California's version of the First Step Act, where they needed to decrease the prison population and stop being so racist. And so one of the guys they let out is the guy who stabbed all those people in Orange County, California the other night. And this is literally going down in real time, being covered by the Southern California local news agencies while CNN is holding a town hall that says, yeah, we wouldn't have, you know, people wouldn't, people wouldn't do bad if we took the guns away. They still wouldn't find another way of doing bad. This is cognitive dissonance. But see, they have to believe this. It's a creed. It's not an ideology. It's a cult. It's not a political belief or position. It's a creed. If I give up that human nature is not basically good, my entire belief system of I'm a leftist falls apart from that time forward. I can't, I can't justify like anything I believe. It all has to begin with human nature is basically good. Otherwise, I don't give myself permission to declare ye be like God and then I don't get, see, oh, we're going to preach now. All right, let me preach for you. Man comes to Jesus one day and says, Lord, what is the greatest commandment? And the Lord says, to love the Lord, quoting Moses, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then he says, and the second greatest is just like it. To love your neighbor as you love yourselves. 
all things of this world or of the enemy's kingdom are perversions of the eternal one. So what are the two greatest laws of the kingdom of God? To love God and to love others. Here are the two greatest commandments of the pagan kingdom, of the progressive kingdom. Ye be like God. And if you don't agree with me, I get to be your God. A total perversion of those two commandments. And when you see it through that spiritual realm, folks, it's going to make all the stuff you see in the news make a lot more sense. And that's the good news. Now, I'm going to give you this. There's going to be a trade-off, though. All right? I'm going to lie to you. The good news is you're going you're to connect the dots on all of this a lot easier. It's going to make sense. Why do people hold on to arguments that are so easily refuted? Why is Joe Biden out there saying we need truth over facts? Where's this notion of my truth? Where, where, you'll get it. You'll figure it out if you see that. But here's the bad news. There's always a trade-off. You're going to have a hard time swallowing the scams your own side starts selling to you at the same time, okay? Trust me. Oh, that's my path, all right? Once you step into that level of discernment, yes, you will be far better at diagnosing and debunking that which the pagans are attempting to do. But then you will be far less tolerant of the people wearing your jerseys, unwillingness to do a damn thing about it. That answer your question, Aaron? Indeed. Elise Bernal writes, after each major shooting, maybe we should demand that every American should be armed and should take lessons on how to shoot properly and safely to protect themselves and their family, and everyone should carry their weapons with them in public at all times in order to prevent mass shootings in the future. The end goal would be the same as the gun grabbers. No more mass shootings. Would that move the Overton window back toward the center where more civil conversations can occur? Isn't the gun confiscation crowd the same people who hate the police and the military? Why are they then saying that only cops and soldiers should carry guns? Those two things simultaneously are not rational. All this emotionalism is going to end up badly for us. It's the oxbow incident come to life. You answered your own question with the term you used at the end of your note, Elise. Emotionalism. I emote, therefore I am. This is how I feel, so it must be true. No filter for those things. So you're, you've connected all the right dots. Trump is a fascist, give him all your guns. It's the dumbest take in the history of my career. And I have seen and cataloged oceans of dumb. And it's the dumbest take of them all. Trump's a fascist and a Nazi, but give them all the guns. Is, I, I've never seen anything dumber. But you won't understand it until you understand what I tried to tell you before I read your email. It only makes sense if you understand that this is a belief system at war with God. And as the scripture says, the fool says in his heart, what you just described, Elise, is pure, unadulterated foolishness. Who would say Trump is Hitler, which is why I want him to have all the weapons? Who would, who of sane, sound mind and body would assert these things? Who? The real conflict in result, the real conflict in, in, as a result of being confronted with something that you believe is as evil as a Hitler 
is the one where you're this liberal Lutheran minister who used to be the social justice guy in Germany. And suddenly you realize uh, that dog ain't going to hunt when you face real evil. And now you're involved. Now you're deciding, do I get involved in a plot to assassinate this guy or not? Like, that's like the real conflict. If you, if, if you are of sane, sound mind and body, if you are committed to a cult, however, you will double down, triple down. In fact, you will infinity down because this must be true. It's my identity. I cannot give this up. What did we say earlier, Todd? You will be a bond servant to something. Yes. They're a slave to this. Yes. You will not argue logic with this. I promise you. It doesn't make any sense because they're fools. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And that's what they have done from the premise of their, all of their assertions right on down the line. Before I did all those appearances and stuff on MSNBC, I was convinced they must know things I don't know. It, it, it can't be this one-dimensional. It can't. And then I did 50-some-odd appearances. You know what I found? It is. It really just comes down to, I, I, just, I just don't want to have to obey God. And then, of course, when the full consequences of that choice are made, I then want to blame him and ask, God, where were you? Why didn't you stop me from making the mess I made? Charles writes, kill babies, cheapen life. Do not execute killers, cheapen life. Destroy marriage. Home is destroyed. Destroy the spiritual life of a country. Empty, hollow, shallow men. Result, it is not the gun. Society we are manufacturing these killers. Yep. Agreed. And we'll close with this one from David Copley from Wiggins, Mississippi. He says, what has changed since Columbine is parenting and faith. Parents no longer set boundaries for their children. They expect school or someone else to do that, but then get indignant if anyone dares to correct their child. People under 30 have never been disappointed or corrected. They believe the world revolves around them and they have the right to control every, everything in their, in their surroundings, including outcomes. They believe they can, they can control outcomes as well. David. Young people worship at the altar of social media. They no, no longer have any Christian morals as a response. They stay locked in with groups with identical ideas and values. That's why what Jason Johnson, our guest on the roundtable, on the Dace Group roundtable uh, last hour said um, was really, I thought, really the, the right reaction, which was, you know, as I'm thinking about these mass shootings, how can I be a more engaged father? And again, I'm saying this, I'm not a father. I got to put that out there every time. But I thought that was, a re that was the right reaction because for too long, and I mean this is systemic, whatever the notch above a systemic is, this is systemic. In the church, out of the church, gr you know, great, well-meaning believers uh, inside the church, in the broader culture, maybe those who don't go to church as well, this notion from parents for too long that I'm going to outsource this duty to somebody else with my children. I'm going to outsource this duty uh, to somebody else with my children. Outsource just this outsourcing of what you're supposed to be with your kids. I could not have said it better than what this emailer said. Yeah, and you're. I know. I see it all the time. It's not. It's not just absent in body. You know, 
people who have no fathers, but there's all kinds of people who have uh, a man who's there and raised them and isn't inherently evil, but they are not checking even close to the father boxes they're supposed to be checking. Uh, They are uh, excuse-making, rationalizing, uh, almost no hard lessons, uh, it's that's every bit as much of an epidemic because b- both ways you uh, aren't figuring out what it truly means to be accountable uh, in a world to that which we must be accountable to. And you're also learning uh, uh, to be accountable to all manner of things that ultimately are turned into uh, idols that are fashioning you into somebody who obsesses about all the wrong things. I mean, social media is one of them. Just, you know, that's kids these days. I, uh, I see all kinds of people that look like they got their life squared away that are letting their children just be overrun uh, by uh, social media, their phones, etc. Those things aren't inherently uh, evil things. Um, but my kids right now in a, in a, what do you call them? Exurbs? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I live in a, I don't live in a suburb. I live in a, a, a rural small town that is very close, uh, uh, to, uh, Des Moines. Uh, not, not particularly, uh, prosperous, you know, very, very middle class. The, the, almost every single elementary student, my, uh, now to be a fourth grade daughter says has cell phones. Why? Why, Dad? Why? And that's just one example. I, I, I'm not saying it because, okay, take away the cell phones, problem solved. But I don't, can you answer that question for me? It'd be just a shrug. I don't know. It's just kind of how things are. Okay, well, that's not really being a dad. We're going to stick around here and uh, do some overtime. For those of you that are Blaze TV subscribers, it'll be a Friday best and worst of the week. If you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV and you want to make sure you catch that, as well as all of the other exclusive programming we do here for Blaze TV, the entire uh, team that we have assembled here, uh, blazetv.com slash dace, my last name. Use that when you go to the website and sign up and you will get uh, a reduced rate subscription so you don't miss today's overtime. Yesterday's overtime, we broke down uh, the the latest Iowa caucus poll from one of the best bolsters, Monmouth, and explain why that's uh, that could be the death knell for a Bernie Sanders candidacy. You can catch all of that stuff at blazetv.com slash days. For the rest of you, thanks for being a part of our show this week. Have a great weekend. We'll be back at it again on Monday, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.